Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Crawfish. <laughs> Crawfish. Why are you doing it like you're a Dickensian ghost? How am I supposed <laughs> to do it? <laughs> Crawfish and crawfish, crawfishy crawfish, crawl, 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 crawfish. How did he do it? How did they do it in the film? They're like, crawfish. Well, first of all, it was two people, so that makes it harder. Okay, well, let's hear you. There's something like, crawfish, crawfish. Not bad. Gumbo. <laughs> Gumbo! Gumbo! Prawns! And is that the same? That's different to a crawfish or prawn, right? Yes. Hmm. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of Spoilerfield Film Conversation. Hooray! 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 <laughs> so are we doing the old one again? No, I will. No. That's fine. <laughs> Editor's choice. I am Richard. With me to form the podcast is Anthony. Hello. Jamie. Get ready for bad Elvis impressions. If that was one, that was atrocious. <laughs> I, I told you they're bad. You could have at least ended it with, like, thank you very much, or, like, I don't know, what did he thank say? Thank you thank very much. Thank you very much. Elvis <laughs> has left the building. <laughs> Memphis. Burger. <laughs> Uh, and uh, um, Abby. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, yes, this week on the pod, I have cracked open the big Vegas doors to the world of Elvis. We haven't, uh, I believe, done any Elvis uh, or Elvis adjacent movies on the podcast before, and I thought, you know what? Do you know what? Bass Lerman, he may have handed in a mediocre, loud brash film, comic book movie featuring Elvis but uh, you know what there's something about Elvis that is worth talking about and I'm going to you know, take inspiration from having seen the film Elvis by Baz Luhrmann and go do you know what, let's do a fucking Elvis movie and see what they were about, they were generally considered mostly garbage cash in movies but I believe there are a few that are considered like quite quite fun ones like uh, Jailhouse Rock I believe this one we're doing this week, King Creole, uh, is, you know, was considered a good one. And you know, there's a few goods and a lot of bads. And I, you know, I hadn't really seen any, so that's why I picked King Creole this week. Um, and I will give the details now in case it's confused with other, like King Kong or something, <laughs> like other films with King in the title. Or I don't know, is there other films with Creole in the title? Prob- probably. Little Mermaid Three, Queen Creole. <laughs> All I could think of was King King K Rule from the Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah, well, it's not him. King Creole is from 1958. It is directed by Michael Curtis. Curtis? Yeah, sure. Uh, and oh my god, why does Letterboxd do it this way? And it's written by a bunch of fucking writers Michael V. Gazzo, Herbert Baker, Harold Robbins. Um, it obviously stars uh, Elvis Presley, <laughs> Caroline Jones, Walter Matthau. Uh, oh my God, this is actually a weird one. Dolores, Dol- Dolores, Dolores. <laughs> uh, Dolores. 
see, I can't really take the piss of people's names if I can't genuinely read them. <laughs> Dolores, Hart, and... Oh, Dean Jagger. Um, don't... Uh, please don't miss out Vic Morrow, because... Uh, you know, Vic Morrow, then, as well. What happened to him? Who is he? Oh, do you not know? I mean, fill me in. He was the man who was uh, decapitated during the filming of the Twilight Zone movie. Uh, the John Landis uh, incident where um, there were some health and safety issues that were allegedly like ignored and they were filming late at night and there was a fuck up with the lights and they were doing a scene with a helicopter. Um, I, I remember the story now, yeah. And the helicopter landed on Vic Morrow Fucking and hell. two child actors that he was holding and killed all three of them and he was decapitated. So King Creole is a light-hearted... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like light-hearted, in fairness. Um, yeah, the real tragedy aside, I mean, he played someone called Shark, which is fun. And uh, I guess he was in the gang, right, of hoodlums. Is he? Yeah, he's kind of the... You said hoodlums. Hoodlums? Youths (laughs) and hoodlums? (laughs) It was the 1950s. They would have been hoodlums rather than, you know, reprobates or whatever. No, it was the way you said it. It was very British and twee. Thank you. Anyway, uh, he was in it. Well done. Sorry about John Landis being a bit of a prick. Um, R.I.P. King Creole is about a young man struggling, uh, having not graduated high school, to support his uh, himself and his family uh, because his father, who is widowed, has been a bit of a down and out and not been supporting them financially. So it's uh, a young man putting in, putting in the work in the bars. Uh, of New Orleans and uh, being discovered as a singer and getting caught up with uh, a gangster who's interested in having him in his club. That is the general gist. Am I right? Would you agree? Yes. Yes. You just, at no point did you sound like you knew what you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, I don't read uh, mine off of IMDb or Letterboxd or something. Right, anyway, so, as I was saying, I picked it because... Uh, I took an interest in Elvis Presley because I think he's a remarkable person. I don't know if you've have you guys heard of this Elvis Presley character. He was quite big in the fifties and sixties. Are you you heard of him, guys, Anthony? <laughs> I think so. You know the one. He had like uh, big jumpsuits and uh, you know he wiggled his hips and had a slick combed hair. A bit of a greaser. You know the old guy. <laughs> him. <laughs> Anyway, he's he's big, he's big time, and uh, I was like, oh, do you know what? I, I wanted to watch something of his. So we, me and Abby watched a few of them. We cherry picked a few, and fuck, there were some shit ones. Uh, but this one we watched first, and we're like, oh, this is this is bloody competent. This is up there with like, I don't know, the Wild One or um, Rebel Without a Cause or something. It's got that, it's got that kind of edgy youth in rebellion, uh, getting mixed up in an adult world vibes. And I was quite impressed generally by. Elvis wasn't just singing and performing in a wooden way. He was actually, look, he, he felt like a star and actually did a competent job. So I was like, oh, let's share it with the guys rather than one of the absolutely piss poor ones that make no sense and were clear, and you know, clear cash grab rubbish. 
Uh, what was one of the shit ones we watched, Abby? Like, about him. There's one where he just drove around in a dune buggy and was confused by people. Abby in the last face. Mm. No. That was a live a little, love, love, little, live a little, live. Live a lot, love a little? I don't know, one of those things. But yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. It's, it's, there's a lot of, like, horrible toxic relationships in most of Elvis's films, but I don't know if that's just because it was the 50s. Yeah, there was, <laughs> the main gist was a woman was trying to fucking rape him, and then he had nightmares about a dog man, and he drove around in Liberace's dune buggy. Those are true things. Yeah, it does have its merits. <laughs> but I mean, the dogman dreams sound pretty intriguing. A small portion of an otherwise tedious film. Of, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we got a pretty standard, um, solid-ish musical with this one. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but uh, let's go around the circle a little bit. Abby, obviously mm. you, I've just said you watched a few with me. Have you any expectations of this going in? Well, I had seen some of Elvis's other work before I watched this, so I was expecting the sort of like glitzy, glamorous Vegas a, show a, shit. Yeah, essentially a Vegas show, but wet if it's by the sea, well, or especially uh, dry if it's or, in the yeah. desert. Oh, you know? oh, it's wet, <laughs> Elvis show, but wet. He could, no, he's famously he quite like sweaty. Sh- no, there's one where he does like a shit ton of water skiing. Sure. Like, I don't remember which one that one, is, but you know, it is always like Elvis sings doing some kind of recreational activity because really he was on holiday. Or he was in prison or Hawaii. Yeah, like, the, the, yeah, go on. Hmm. Yeah, I was expecting one of them. Well, this was down in Norlands, wasn't it? So it was a little bit like that. Elvis goes to Norlands and uh, sings. Okay. Uh, Jamie, any expectations of an Elvis movie? Yeah, not this. I was um <laughs> I I have a I have a contentious relationship with Elvis's music, I think. I don't I like the well, I I kind of like the, like the faster rock and roll songs, but it seems like most of what he does is ballads and I find his ballads really depressing. <laughs> like just uh, I don't know. There's something about his music that makes me like want to lie down on the floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. But um, I, I don't think I've ever seen any of his films. Um, like I, I'm only aware of the films from the jokes about the films. Um, yeah. So I was expecting this to be, you know that kind of thing. I was expecting this to be more of a musical. Um, yeah, there's an element it... of crowbarring in opportunities for a bit. Well, they've justified music because he's a playing a singer who plays shows all the time. They've justified the quantity of songs, but they don't exactly it's... fold in naturally, do they? Well, I don't know if I would call this a musical. It had songs all the way fucking through. It's it a du- jukebox show, like it broke. It was like breaking up a narrative thriller with songs, I guess. Yeah, but the so- they weren't like musical numbers. Like it wasn't suddenly it wasn't everyone integrated quite as you'd expect. Yeah, everyone in the world of the film is involved in sing- in singing a song or something. Like sure. it was just a person is singing a song in a scene. I quite where... would have liked to have had Walter Matto doing his own villain number about 
Like, that I'm would have been I'm, amazing. Yeah, just I can't imagine what his voice would be like singing. Maybe he has singing something. But like, just go going on about how oh, he's gonna get Elvis in his club and <laughs> keep his woman in line and stuff. Um. So yeah, I wasn't. I was not expecting an almost rebel without a cause type story. Um. Mm. And I also wasn't expecting Elvis himself to be like good or reasonably yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, like he's like he's not the best actor I've ever seen, but I was surprised that he's like he's not bad he's in competent. it, which is not yeah. what I'd been led to believe. Yeah, yeah exactly. it was a level of competency that you did not expect. You, ca- I came away yeah. thinking like. Oh, Colonel Parker should have got him some proper fucking films. These, these yeah. cash grabs are a waste of time. He could have genuinely like made a go of yeah. becoming transitioning to actor. You know. Mm. Yeah, he's, I I was thinking the same thing as I was watching it. I was like, it's kind of a shame that he stuck to music instead of pivoting into like acting in actual films. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, what about you, Anthony? Any Elvis movie experience before this? The only one I've seen is Fever in Las Vegas, but literally the only thing I remember was him winning a singing contest and then being unhappy because the second prize winner got like a snooker table and he was like, oh, I want that. Yes, yeah, uh, That's literally uh, the only it. thing I remember. There's not much <laughs> more to it than that, to be honest. <laughs> Well, there you go then. But no, um, I haven't seen anything else. Uh, I, I I can only go on reputation when I was coming into this, really, of how people regard Elvis films, which was generally poor. But yeah, I watched the trailer, and it it, it did it looked like this was the best chance of being a good one. Yeah, you know what I mean. It it didn't look like like those kind of like poppy teenage. Films that I like associated him with in my mind. It looked like an actual semi-noir thriller. Yeah, which so, is you know more or less what we got. Hmm. Um, I was wrong. I have seen an uh, an Elvis film before. Uh, I have seen Bubba Hotep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done then. We we chatted about it on the podcast. I mean. What was that film where, like, everyone is dressed up as Elvis, but they're actually criminals? Oh, fuck. Um, Something about Graceland? Chasing Graceland? That doesn't sound right. Oh, well, thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, so... Everyone was coming into this with uh, limited experience of Mm. the catalogue. We all, everyone's heard uh, uh, like a bajillion Elvis songs or covers or whatever, you know. So even if, like like Jamie says, you like some of them are a bit. They're for your mum, aren't they? They're not for not for uh, old middle-aged people <laughs> these days. They were for middle-aged people back in it. No, I mean like I get I get the why Elvis is big time and his songs are his performance and his. Songs are some of the greats. He's like, you know, he's up there, and he. But it's not really. It's a question of taste, isn't it? It's a bit old-fashioned. Um, so it's it's harder to appreciate them uh, in a modern context. Although you know, some of them are bangers, and uh, you know, he definitely had something on on stage to really put the energy into them. Um, so yeah, none of us big Elvis lovers, and none of us that 
knowledgeable. So that's the, where we're coming from. We watched King Creole. Um, some of us uh, are going to have to reach further back into our minds because we didn't watch it straight fresh just now. But um, so anyone want to give a stab at what what the opening element of King Creole is? Well, the opening is that song from Oliver, where was it? Who will buy? <laughs> <laughs> Where they just have like all the the people selling things, singing what they're doing while walking down the street. Who I will buy my crawfish. <laughs> I always, I'm, I talked about it before that I generally don't like musicals, but for some reason, that Oliver movie yeah. I like, and that song in particular is one of my favorites. That's all right. Well, so you were in good. Uh, you were happy with this one then, singing about food at the. <laughs> Is some of the only, presumably not on not on set footage of New Orleans. They actually are. They got some people singing in the streets on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's Bourbon Street or one of the adjacent ones, but you know some legit footage of uh, New Orleans. You know, that's what I kind of expected everything to be fake and false. And obviously the sets were all fine. Like the indoor shots, they either were in New Orleans or they looked like it so I, nothing looked all that cheap and nasty there apart were, from there were a couple of wobbly walls yeah sure <laughs> sure and the odd um, whatever they did to get like um, not I mean you were saying like you don't think it's green screen you think it's more back projection or something for some well, of yeah, the yeah it's more likely because of the time yeah like when they're on a boat and stuff you're like obviously that's a set but um, it looked good and featured actual New Orleans some of the time so I was at least pleased with that and they had black people in. They had black people sprinkled in as extras and the occasional singer. So they weren't completely like whitewashing New Orleans, which is as good, I think, for a <laughs> man famous for stealing black people's music. Uh, but yeah, Abby, did you... You know, what do you think of this, this opener with Elvis, uh, I guess, singing with the locals out his veranda or whatever? I liked the way both established the vibe of New Orleans which is very kind of well, food based and just relax mm. and that he is uh, that he sings within it as one of them as well like they, they the back and forth between him and them means that he's integrated in this environment I mean, there's some dodgy eye contact where Elvis is like looking off to off camera to like what couldn't possibly be the, where the actors are supposed to be but um, yeah, this the idea of like he's just uh, a, a white boy who lives in New Orleans and it's part of the hustle and bustle and early morning life there because it's they go inside and they t- it's basically Elvis talking to his sister at breakfast. Uh, but he plays Danny, I think is the character's name, who's either meant to be a high school kid or fucking maybe he's been held back a year so he's a little bit older. But he's fundamentally playing um, a bit of the old grease going on where adult man plays teenage boy but Elvis does look very youthful in this he is young he's it's not too what did you guys are you guys buying Elvis as a high school uh, not quite dropout but high school failure not far off at least yeah I mean I I can't really say anything about this because as as a known huge fan of Twin Peaks I'm very used to people well into their 20s playing teenagers yeah I think he has the right the acting ability is there it's like for, as an adult playing younger it, it, he has the ability to make it work there's a genuine 
attempt made to be an adolescent, and he he is youthful. He sort of he is a youth culture as well, so it sort of helps him out that uh he, you know he has younger fans and he feels young. He, he certainly isn't like an old fat Elvis playing young, so that's good. Mm. Um, Although I don't know if you guys watch this in HD or not. Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah, because it looks really good. Like most of the stuff, it looks really crisp and nice. Yeah, and uh, it looked really nice. The only thing that showed up was the makeup, which you could tell that everyone was absolutely plastered. Well, I lo- you know, I love that. That's one of my favorite things about watching old stuff in in HD now is seeing all of the like. Um, you can almost count the pores. Oh. Just. Uh, but yeah, when people are wearing makeup, like just seeing all the lines, seeing where the makeup begins and ends, like. But it also, because it, it's in black and white, uh, you know, it's a bit of the hold holdover from the twenties and thirties where you'd heavily makeup people so it shows up. Mm. So you know, it's partly to be that noir, high contrast black and white, isn't it? Um, but you know, saying, speaking of how things look and how high quality it was, I mean, anyone else like absolutely? Uh, pass out from how beautiful Elvis is. He's just like the most, <laughs> most gorgeous did, man in the world. <laughs> I did. I did scream and faint. Yeah, he has that. <laughs> As Bas Luhrmann has shown that Elvis not only was like a charismatic on stage performer, he literally had magical powers with his hips that made women spontaneously combust into just, just screaming banshees. Um, you know, true as true as it was, it did. You know, what I appreciate a bit is that. Elvis had messy hair, which he attempted to tidy up, but then it would remess itself. It was a very normal human being problem of uh, Elvis's hair just being a fucking state most of the time. But also, God, it's the perfect hair for like a uh, like a L'Oreal advert or something. It's perfect product hair where it's like greased back, but it also it falls down gently like Superman's quiff, and he's just like. He's got that going on, and then you know it's like people often think of the caricatured like Vegas Elvis hair, but actually he had quite tidy, you know, serviceable hair, um, a little, little normaler than you imagine it sometimes. But he's he's got a massive old big gonk of a head, uh, and that voice is something else. And then you know he has that X factor. It's just that he's a triple threat, isn't he? Because he can act you know pretty well in this and sing amazingly and. Uh, has just this fucking X factor that is just like fuck it, this guy. I want to sleep with him, and I'm not even gay, and he's dead. <laughs> like, what's going on? It's just fucking. I like that in that order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, you know, seriously though, he's like, like you. It's easy to think, oh well, a singer getting an acting role is no big deal. But I think a, a part of what makes Elvis successful is he's gorgeous as well as a good singer right but it's he has mm. a, just a it, it goes it must go beyond that because it the, like even his friends like all of his old memphis cronies for, that were all a part of his entourage they they you know they when they tell old stories and documentaries and whatnot they're like just fucking sorry about that even in high school he was like damn fucking well it's that's <laughs> the thing isn't it like it's that it's not it's that natural charisma that certain people have that is, it, it, like, it's almost indefinable. Like they, they just have the, they have the right set of qualities that all come together that make them magnetic, and that's, yeah. you know, why they end up in the positions that they do. Like not entirely. Like there's obviously, you know, he didn't just, he, he didn't just walk in one day and everyone was like that guy. Yeah, you it's know, marketing and luck and, and yeah, and effort. Yeah, yeah and um, but it's, it's that. I mean. It's fucking cheesy to say it, but it's the it's X factor, isn't it? Like yeah. it's the 
indefinable quality that like that person is attractive in a way that is like almost supernatural like there's yeah. just a presence to them he also it's such a he's got such a weird big head it's so smooth he's a very <laughs> unusual chap yeah. well that's that's the thing is looking at him like you have I can't think of a person off the top of my head, but he's not as like typically or traditionally handsome as you would think he would be. Mm. It's 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 something different. Like his there's there's a character to his face that is attractive rather than like a traditional like chiseled handsomeness. He's got kind even though he was not like I was gonna say he was never fat. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. But um, when he was younger, he get you know he was not fat at all like he's very in shape but always had kind of a puffy chubby face sure but like he was one of those people where when you first looked at him went you're a bit weird looking and then it only took like a couple of minutes before he went but i'm into it yeah (laughs) it's it's um yes (laughs) Yes. i I thought Mm. i had more to add but i don't because <laughs> okay. for me, the the remarkable aspect was I'd never been that fussed. He's always Elvis is always there as a residual background piece of pop culture. Uh, his legacy sort of is always there and present, and there's always easy jokes to be made uh, uh, in reference to him. And you know, people talk about how he has this uh, je ne sais quoi like thing. I don't know if that's the right word. Is it je ne sais quoi? So that little mm-hmm. something yeah, about. Um, and you kind of just shrug it off as like, oh yeah, all right. But then you are actively trying to see, do I like this film? Do I like this guy? I was like, yeah, I do. Like it is, it's, it's palatable and there and understandable. And from the get go, you're like, okay, cool. Like so, he's Danny. He's a bit, you know, he's not playing himself, but he's not a million miles from you know who he could be. Uh, early on in his life, he would have been a nobody who became a popular singer. It's like not that big a leap, is it? So. Hmm. The main thing he has to do is portray being a angsty teen who's sort of caught between being responsible and also being a bit of a rebel. Um, and for the most part, it's sort of like the things that happen to him are just like he's unlucky, not that he's actively looking to be a prick. Like he, the trouble he gets into is he's you know kind of heroic. He steps in when a woman is being bullied in a bar that he's cleaning up in in the morning, and Morticia like Tisha Adams herself. Oh. For anyone who, for anyone who watched the old Adams Family, like the original sitcom, mm. yeah, I mean she's she was a good actor in this actually. She was one of the uh, standout performers. I thought you, you guys I agree. Like, um, it would have been very easy for her character to be quite caricatured, but yeah. no, hers was all right. She was sort of like she was sort of a whore. Sort like of a, the... a Abby, is that the right word? Well, not really, like, I don't know, it's not perfect. Like, she was the... It's the boss's girl, but he wasn't against sort of lending her out every now and lending again. Lending her out. I rent my mall out to people, as and when. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but she's uh, Walter Matto as a gangster's uh, floozy that uh, is being t- treated badly in a bar early morning by a drunken prick. And uh, then Elvis is sort of bullied into, oh, come on, boy, clean it up, sing for us to dance. It's like a bit presumptive. What? 
how did you know this random guy can sing? I mean, we all know it's Elvis Presley, and we're in a musical here, but come on, how does this guy know? You know, what's he happening to ask cleaners to fucking sing for? Um, but yeah, like the trouble Elvis gets in or Danny is that of like sticking up for people, and then like he punches, he gets he gets like mocked for kissing a milf. <laughs> when he takes a, he, like he gets in a cab to school after an incident in the morning and then he kisses a woman who's sexy and then his friends are like puff gay yeah. that was weird <laughs> <laughs> that was an odd reaction because like if like re- remembering back to high school days if if one of my friends had been copping off with an attractive older woman it, it wouldn't be making fun it'd be a freaking hell yeah. just dr- totally <laughs> Jaw drops. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially I my ugly friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> where, I'm quick, including where? myself in that. <laughs> You're your own friend. Issues. Anyway, Jamie's weird self-esteem aside. <laughs> well, um. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can't, The the gist is that. Uh, Elvis is working early mornings as a, a bus. Is it a bus? I know he's cleaning in bars, or whatever, and he's sort of bussing tables and tidying them up. Um, sometimes in the evening as well, perhaps. And he's just um, getting some money together to keep his family, you know, all right. And um, he still he has to get up early and then go to school after his his early shift. And uh, he's pulled into the principal's office for punching a guy in the face who was making fun of him. Like as we say for copping off with a cool hot woman and well admittedly maybe it's a bit, bit you know some drunken hussy potentially as well hung over who knows anyway the point is he's in trouble for hitting a kid and then he's sort of told by one of his teachers and the principal that he can't you're not graduating then you hit someone you is that a thing like you just not graduating it cancelled well, you have to do the whole year like again his uh yeah because that's the thing is he's been held back and his dad hasn't been working since their mum died so he has to work to support them which is why he's not doing well in school but this year he has done much better but it it does seem like his teacher has just she just doesn't fucking like him (laughs) like she has a grudge um and she's looking for any reason to fail him again i found myself shouting at the tv like what do you mean he was unprovoked? The kid was clearly heckling him. He fucking yeah. had it coming. <laughs> so, be- yeah, because he got into a fight, she's like, oh, well, there you go. Regardless of anything else, you failed again. Yeah. Like, up until this point, he had graduated, yeah. and on the last day of school, like, I don't know, it felt like that. that's not going to change anything. And then he has, like, a really heartfelt, heartfelt uh, conversation with the principal, which was a lot more it was a lot more heartfelt I thought it was just going to be like oh this is going to seal the deal he's going to say something wrong and yeah no, it didn't do that but then it was like it was really oh okay that was rather emotional yeah it felt, it felt really unfair they tell, they took the high road didn't they because you do expect a kind of well fuck you then principal dickweed and it was just like the principal was kind of way the, 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 uh, the principal came away thinking, oh, do you know what? I didn't realise you were working hard uh, to support yeah. your family. And then even, I think, the principal has talked to the dad off screen, and it kind of bucks the dad up into, like, listen, son, no, no, shut up and don't tell me anything you're about to say. Let me say, 
I'm going to fucking get a job again and work for the family because you've graduated. Well done. Or you didn't, you haven't graduated, but you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm, you it, don't have to. All you need to... is a couple of night school yeah, we'll lessons get... and you'll be fine. Yeah, so the dad bucks up because the principal has talked to, you know, so this is this could go well in a way because Elvis has the mature response of just sticking up for himself but not, like, rusing his rag. and but he, You know, he's very much like, that's it now, I'm done with school. I'm about working. Um mm. And so it's it's quite a mature approach to take, and it does lead instead of kitchen sink drama and and swearing straight away. It's not like the dad uh, Elvis's dad fights with him straight away. It's kind of like a well, like Danny is uh, what's the word when you're sort of what's what's the word when you fucking not sure someone's going to do something they say. Oh, just what's an adjective? Not flaky. He. Is sus not suspect, but he doesn't believe the dad is going to stick to his word. What's the word for that? Like you're, fuck, man. Oh, you're. Oh, fuck. Um. <laughs> hyper. Du- dubious. Dubious. No. It's sort of. I don't know. I'll fuck. try. I'll try a word. I'll try dubious and we'll move on. But like Elvis, sorry, Danny. Upon hearing his skeptical. dad, skeptical. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe I've got the word sceptical. It's like, I am a sceptic. <laughs> um, okay. And Danny, upon hearing that his dad's going to turn over a new leaf, is very sceptical that he can do it, and he will. So he's still sort of like, oh, actually, Dad, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to work myself. Don't worry about it. And it, it doesn't instantly blow up in the, their faces. Like, the dad does get a job, and Elvis conti- continues to, like, do his thing. And even the sister's got it together a little bit, isn't she? There's not like... The sister, does she have a job or like she's kind of yeah, keeping house? Yeah, he says that she works, but they don't talk about it much. Yeah, it's that really weird bit when he, when Elvis is offered a job as a singer in a guy's club in a respectable guy in New Orleans's club, he's like, "Might start fucking your sister." Does that sound? And the sister, the guy says something like, "Is it weird?" He's talking to the sister, and the guy's like, "Is it weird that I'm 45 and that you're 20?" And she's like, "Just say you're 38." It's like that's not better. I was going <laughs> to say, I'm, I'm almost 38, and it's it, it's weird. Yeah. I I just thought it was nicely progressive that yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if the woman's 20 and he's 40, they can have a or relationship or whatever. But he was just like, "I'm interested in your son as a singer. You know, how about that?" And then the dad's like, no, no, no son of mine, yada, yada. And then it's like, um, anyway, hello, woman. Do you want to fucking date me, an older man? <laughs> yep. Do, do you think it'll be fine, mate? And then he, asks, he literally asks Elvis, like, I don't give a shit. I'm not fucking, I don't fuck my <laughs> own sister. That's not a problem. I'm not fucking, um, what's his name? Not Tony Montana or whatever. This isn't a big issue for me, but maybe don't break it to my dad. And he, but this guy does like this nice club owner does that banging Danny's sister and they're gonna get married at one point. Yeah, I guess it's wholesome. I guess it it just struck me as odd at that that moment to be like this guy needs something to do, and it's this bloke. Um, <laughs> anyway, rewind a bit because that offer doesn't come straight away. Uh. So we, that Danny has met this woman. He saved a woman from uh, being beaten up. Like he sings to distract from the drunk at the club that he's working in, and he intervenes when he's when the guy's getting rough with her, and he sort of I guess smashes a glass bottle and fends himself off, 
and then takes this woman, rescues her from a, of what could have escalated into an awful situation. And so when he bumps into her again, uh, does that happen in front of Walter Matto first, is it? She's with him and she's sort of like, she doesn't want to know about him anymore because she's with this, this bloke. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, it's weird seeing Walter Matthau play a sinister villain. Because he doesn't do anything differently. No, but you it's just You know he's a bad guy. Yeah. Also, also Walter Matthau, it's 1958, you think, oh, like, young, handsome Walter Matthau. Not always an old man. <laughs> no time period where he wasn't an old man. Less saggy, yeah. not as much as you'd think. He hadn't gone full gnome-faced man, but, like, didn't look young, and despite probably when he being was, quite young. When he was born... Did part of did his face get stuck and they had to really pull it out and it all got stretched? Is that what happened? I don't know. I sort of suspect there's some sort of Dorian Gray's painting where somewhere there's a painting of him where he's really young, and the real Matt Walter Matter goes <laughs> around being haggard. And old. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. He's just it's remarkable how he looks exactly the same as he always has uh, a middle-aged man. Uh, and I never, I never would have expected Walter Matto. Uh, having a fight with Elvis, even being in an Elvis film, but hitting him with a fucking chair like it's a wrestling there match. Is it. Did fucking anybody hell. eat the uh, IMDb trivia for this film? Because uh, there's a great bit of trivia um, about that. Yeah, it's really lightness. Um, supposedly, again, this is on the IMDb trivia, so it's dubious, potentially, but um, supposedly, when they first filmed that scene, um, when uh, Walter Matthau hit Elvis with the chair, Elvis immediately threw up. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently because he had like a big lunch or something uh. before they filmed the scene. I just thought that was a really funny image of just smash and then immediately <laughs> All right, well, sorry, it's Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like... Uh... Yeah, give me one of those uh, peanut butter sandwiches, fried peanut uh, butter sandwiches again. Ooh. Uh, what was it? Peanut butter, banana, and like cheese. There was something weird in the sandwich sandwiches that he had. The sort of thing only a freak from Memphis would eat. Yeah, it was like they were like fried peanut, fried Ooh. peanut butter, banana, and cheese or bacon or something. Someone should have said that doesn't sound very healthy, Elvis. I don't know. You should be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we don't take loads of pills and eat them all day. <laughs> sounds like pregnancy food. Uh, maybe he's, pre- he's pregnant with uh, um, music. You <laughs> have to come out of him. <laughs> bit weird. Uh, anyway, so what? What the matter? Made a fucking bit of Elvis vomit with shock upon hitting him with a chair. That's what I didn't think would have ever happened. The two worlds, I, even though you know Walter Matthau is a famous actor and Elvis is a famous movie star in his own right, in his own way, I didn't know that that Venn diagram crossed over, but I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, anyway, Walter Matto, slightly out of place, not not miscast because he's a good actor. He, he he can do sort of intimidating, but sort of curmudgeonly grump is more his vibe than. I don't know. I thought I thought he was pretty good. The only the only thing that stood out to me is. Uh, and maybe this is weird, but like his face doesn't belong in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> and not just because he's a white guy. <laughs> just no. D- just generally, it's, it's, he looks like he should be in like Washington D.C. or something. Like, or, or New York. Like if he's gonna yeah. be a uh, like a villainous pimp type of character, a a big like metro 
Chicago city area. Or... Yeah, Chicago. Something like that. Yeah, that's why you, you completely buy him in the in the Pelham of 123, say. Yeah. And then in New Orleans, you're like, really? This guy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a, but, like, he's such a good actor. It's not like he does a bad job. It's just, like, I mean, there must have been other casting options where it would have made more sense. Um, but, uh, no, like, he handles it well. And it's better to be... Uh, you don't want to, you know, be cliche and stuff, do you? It's good that there's a, a unusual choice of uh, intimidating man. Um, you know, he, he sort of has the confidence of, of an older guy who owns a club. Like, I, I get the idea that he runs a few clubs and, you know, he doesn't get into harm himself because he's rich and insulated with his, like, uh, various, like, bodyguards and lackeys, you know? Uh, but yeah, he's so he's like, how the fuck do you know this prick, this handsome young man is talking to you, and you're like, oh, I don't know him, and then it's like, oh, you do know him, and he he sung to you. What do you mean he fucking sung to you, love? What's all this shit? You obviously been sucking him off or something. Uh, if you if you could sing me, you get on the fucking stage with those nice black men with trumpets, you fucking bash out a tune, and we'll fucking see you who, who's been singing to who, and uh, it's the first proper excuse to get Elvis on stage singing, I guess, isn't it? And uh, Kel surprise! He can sing. He can sing his little heart out, and he impresses the whole crowd of people in the bar. And then Walter Matthau has to be like, "Oh, fair enough, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> got a dirty mind. I'd imagine you fucking finger her, finger banging her three ways from Sunday, but no. <laughs> she obviously heard you sing. <laughs> that checks I out. Say, I will say about this movie. I never realised how intimidating it is to make someone sing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Anthony, gonna do a song for us? Quick Elvis tune? <laughs> Fucking do it. <laughs> um, no, I'm not intimidating anyway. Lovable um, stuff. And I go, oh no! Fucking lovable, say it, say it! You're lovable, Rich. <laughs> That's right. Oh, he'll hit you with a chair and then you'll throw up. <laughs> um, anyway. What do we what do we reckon? Elvis does a big number. I mean, there's a lot of Elvis does a big numbers, but uh, what are we thinking? There's only two songs in this film that I remember. The yeah. first one is in the beginning, the crawfish song, because it's about crawfish. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, if you're gonna go down New Orleans, where you gotta have songs about food, I think that's really fair. And then, and then the one he sings here in the bar. I, I don't know the name of it. Was that but like he like evil or some... Evil. I think it might just that's be a... called evil. I don't know. I think that's but, a um... big... I think that's one of the famous-ish songs mm. of his. It's a good one as well. But ask me any other of the songs in this. I, I couldn't tell you anything about them. He does He does that one where he helps uh, Vic Morrow and his, and his gang rob the jewellery store by walking in with a guitar... And oh, singing yeah, to all the women about not being dolls or something. Yeah. Tell us one line from that song. <laughs> Doll. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm usually pretty good for stuff like that. Girls. Like, nope. Girls on film. That's another. One. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went. You <laughs> sound like uh, Vic Rees was terrible palsy. <laughs> that was what I th- I I realised it as I made the noise that it, that I was starting to sound like Vic Reeves doing his. Uh, oh fuck! What did they call that round? Yeah, hmm. club singer. Club singer round. Yeah, in shooting stars. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, no, I don't know. When I when I do it, I sound more like Bo Selector. <laughs> like fucking like, <laughs> Mel D or whatever. I, I'm Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, Jimmy, you promised Elvis impressions. I don't think we've hit one right yet. So... I did Elvis growing up. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> You're very good. Um, so, Abby, what did you think of any... I mean, we can cover just the music numbers now, because they're just spread out. <laughs> There's nothing to say. We don't want to stop on each one of them. But any, any thoughts on the music numbers? They were all fine. Like, there wasn't really, like, one weaker than the rest. They were all a good the general standard I would say it's a good high energy rock and roll numbers when he was playing in the club like in the in the King Creole which is what the mm. film's named after and uh, you know first time round I was like oh cool and then the second time round when we were watching it again I was like yeah we'll fast forward this <laughs> I, just, I don't know it wasn't they weren't to die for but I, I, I get people you know Elvis the experience is about the music as much as it is everything else so I liked his physicality like, both during the musical numbers and during the fight scenes because he's such a tall guy and he's got this tremendous physical presence. When he was having fights, they looked quite, quite. Um, I don't know, they had spark, is the only way I can think to describe it. And he was surprisingly fast as well. Mm. Yeah, he, like he, uh, you know, he has to fight, fend off uh, muggers or something in an alleyway and he also roughs up. Uh, Walter Matto when he's fighting back against him, and uh, yeah, he's he's quick and nimble and has his youth and vigor. Uh, you know, he throws a mean th- uh, theater-style punch. I mean, they don't look it's no fucking the raid or anything, but I liked I liked his uh, scuffles. They were, they worked for you know melodramatic cinema. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like performance-wise, he'd put on various neck scarves and suits and things, and you'd be like, oh, cool. <laughs> Big big notes in the background. They they had a bit of variety. They didn't all feel exactly the same, despite being a bit hard to pick out numbers. Unless you're a huge fan, I think I think that was the problem. Was after the first couple of songs, they're all sung on stage in a club, in a, and uh, they all become a bit samey. That's why mm. probably the you know the crawfish one at least was outside, you know, partly and I featured think... other people. And then then and, the, the, and... robbing the store was an iconic moment at least to remember and pop out of the screen. And at the beginning, at that point, you don't know that it's um, it's going to be a not, not uh, a diegetic musical yeah. where all the songs are actually being sung. Yeah. Whereas at the beginning, it's like, oh, this, it's mm, you don't quite know. Yeah, and then yeah. It is kind of like shown that oh, actually, the people are hearing my. My only real issue with the film was because it's not a musical, like capital M musical, in the way that you know Oliver is or whatever. Mm. Um, because the songs typically happen on stage, you could just cut a couple of them. Like they they're very like a, a, enough of them are obviously there because it's Elvis. Yeah, we're going to produce gonna... an, a record out of this as well. So. Yeah. Um, apparently it was originally meant to be a James Dean film, and then he, when he died, they just shelved it for a couple of years. Um, but when Elvis hmm. was cast, they, like, re... Like, they adjusted the story specifically to, like, 
incorporate more like Elvis type stuff, yeah. um, which presumably is just means put some songs in it. Yeah. <laughs> make him, yeah, make him... They're not like layeringly weird for that. That's one of the better instances of they just added some bits in. I wouldn't yeah, have guessed that's... unless you told me. That's what I. That's what I thought was interesting is that they didn't. I do, I'd like. I'd be curious to know how much of the actual plot of the film was changed because it, other than the songs, it all feels like it could be done Dean with picture. James Dean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's. It is. It literally does seem like they just put more. They just put the songs in because it was Elvis. Got to make him sing for a they, supper, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, and it, but if they'd taken a couple of the songs out. And it, the film be a little bit shorter. Focus like, on the, the drama old... of it and thrillers. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you know they're 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 fine and he's good, but the, they're not essential other than he's a singer in a club. So got to feature mm. them a little bit. Um, yeah. There is uh, also that really bizarre one with the woman with the bananas. Oh, she oh, yeah. has a number, like uh, outside of Elvis doing one. Well, you got to have a, you know, when you're putting on and you're entertaining mostly gentlemen late at night smoking and drinking, at some point a woman in a bikini needs to be covered in fruit and do a sing song. It was specifically bananas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, is, as... it, is it Carmen Electro who's famous for having a bowl of fruit in her head, or is that her? No, you're thinking of Carmen Miranda, I think. Carmen Miranda. Who's Carmen? I think she's a model, she's not a porn star, but... Baywatch. Carmen Electra. That might be why I thought porn star. Covered in fruit in your filthy mind. Carmen Miranda. Carmen Miranda. Is who you're thinking of. I know. As someone who doesn't... really doesn't like bananas... I I did not like that song. <laughs> also, the bananas on the outfit were very flat and weird looking. I want I want there to be a bit of I don't know. I'm not saying I want to peel the bananas off the woman, but I, they did they did look a bit stupid, flat and low like a shit dress. But you know. Oh, she did I'm remember. sorry. They couldn't tailor the perfect outfit out of fucking bananas. <laughs> Apology accepted. <laughs> Better next time being in a club and having some drinks and then someone throws a banana at you and <laughs> you just peel it and eat it like ugh. I like you think that the in your mind someone who comes on wearing fruits does a strip tease and throws bananas for you to eat like a fucking monkey in a zoo like what what Why do you would she they have the option uh, it's just it's gone a bit Benidorm this act now but before it's just a woman <laughs> clad tastefully in tropical fruit to get the song across <laughs> and now it's like yeah I'm just going to need a moment to unpack that sentence <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a strip act is it it's a singer who wears bananas because it's a gimmick like you know like a drag queen but an actual woman I don't know fucking this is this isn't like filth it's just provocative <laughs> You know, uh, it's filth to me because I hate bananas. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Would you prefer orange <laughs> peels or something? Would that be better for you? Fruit of choice. If a woman is to be clad in fruit, uh, uh, Jamie, what would you, what would you like to lick off, like uh, the wallpaper in Willy Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> well, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Actually, tastes more like a clam. Actually, that's disgusting. Oh, it's a hair. It's a fucking oh hair. The watermelons taste like fish. 
Sorry, Jamie, you were saying what favourite fruit you would like to have on a woman's tits. Oh, God. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. The only fruit I really like is apples. and That just sounds like it would be really awkward and difficult to do. An apple a day keeps the doctors at bay. Am I the only one who doesn't like bananas? Uh, I don't mind the taste of bananas. I do not like the texture. Ugh, they're all mushy and they're f- like fibrous and they've got weird hairs on them. Yeah, that I can't And they've take. got that like solid vein in the middle. It, they're mm. so fucking gross. Uh, I don't like bananas. This I is like, the like rest the flavor. Is this what we're now? doing? I'm just chatting about food. Yeah. Anthony, yeah. do you like do you like bananas? I really like bananas. <laughs> Ironic twist though, doesn't like women so much, so <laughs> it's lose lose. It's fine. Jamie, you can you can be serenaded by the sexy lady and Anthony can eat the bananas for you and you'll be good. Perfect. Perfect night out. Right. I, I thought this might have gone more in the direction I thought this might have more gone in the direction of misogyny, but actually went in the in just food critique now, so <laughs> The peculiarities of fat herbs. Uh, <laughs> bananas are fat herbs. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, there's a good song about bananas or something. <laughs> I guess. Just one of the. She's. Um, is that a character? Like, she's backstage a bit. There's a few backstage dancers and whatnot. Is she a person who has a bit to do? I think she has a couple of lines, but I don't think she's like a named character. Because there's there's two love interests of sorts for uh, Danny here. Is one is the developed, interesting character, and one is the nothing school, school yeah, like speaking innocent schoolgirl character. Speaking of misogyny, this is the this is a weird little thread in this film where, first of all. He takes her to a hotel, pretending there's a party there. This is a sc- oh. this is the sc- you know, schoolgirl. He's he's uh, uh, yeah, and he's like, it's, it's oh, just she, an empty sorry, room. sorry, just a bit of clarity. Uh, Danny's approached by a gang of pricks to help them rob a store, a toy shop, come ice cream parlor, or whatever the fuck it is, general purpose store, and so he sings to the crowd, distracts them while all of I don't know, like the Beano gang, fucking. Pie face and dum dum and all that was shark. <laughs> they rob all the stuff, including like jewelry and bikes and shit. I don't know. And Elvis sings a song, and it's a girl from the I don't know the ice cream parlor shop. Meets, hit, sees him outside, yeah. and like they get into a scenario where they offer a date or something, and then it becomes creepy. You were saying, Jamie. It's a, well, it's really weird because like he he says he's, he he says he's going to take her to a party with a bunch of friends, and then. They go to a hotel that he has, I guess, clearly been to before. Cause he, and he asks the guy at the desk, you know, can, is, is everybody, you know, here for the party? Oh yeah, it's this room or whatever. <laughs> and he takes her up there, and it's an empty room. But and he's like, all right, let's go. And then she's kind of taken aback because she wants a, a nice date with immediately. A... <laughs> I mean, unless unless there's you know, and that, this is that kind of thing has to be established from the outset. You can't surprise someone by That's going up, like saying, "Hey, we're going to a party. Guess what? Now we're here. No, we're not. It's a one-night stand." Like <laughs> you have to, you have to clarify did, beforehand. He did apologize, and uh, he said that I, I thought you understood what was happening here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but but what's some... even weirder about that is that 
she's like really upset about it, but then also falls in love with him. It's a it's she's very a odd. very she likes the bad boyness, but not enough to do anything with him. Mm, I she don't doesn't, like she put off enough, is she? By this, yeah, I don't like. She's a very like like limp, weak character, and I don't like the fact that when the better female character Morticia, I can't remember her name, Caroline Jones, yeah, um, is killed. And he's like devastated because he's in love with her. The girl, like the nice girl that is into him, says that she'll like wait until he's ready. Yeah. And I was like, that, that's a bit sad and weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, like this guy's he's grieving and also he's busy. And you know, there's a lot. We're in a locker room full of attractive dancers and stuff. He'll he'll move on without you, love. You are. Yeah. Limbs. You don't have to wait. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. He's like, not that. I know, but it's Elvis, so you would wait for Elvis, and you fucking please, please, Danny, please. I'll wait. Just, I'll please. Da- like she should have been like, I'll party with you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm ready now for my party. <laughs> when yeah. you when you said it, I thought it was we're gonna do some drugs, but actually, <laughs> it's just weird because he why he I guess it's to show that he's conflicted between being a bad boy and being a good boy because it's like that I was gonna just have a one night stand and hook up but then you weren't into it and I like backed down and went oh do you know what it was a bit tacky and what like he kind of becomes nice again and go oh do you know what yeah and then so the fact that she stays interested in this man who's been a bit uh, assumptive and creepy and like I don't know I think it's, it's weird it, it, isn't could it? Pot- the, it could potentially be written and play out in a in a way that makes sense. It's more that there's nothing to her character. So he hasn't got anything else to do apart from turn up at the end then and be a, like they meet on like uh, park benches and things and there's a normal attempt to say oh we could date or something but he's yeah. too busy with his you know exciting plot to be bothering with her. So it does seem like an odd choice. Anyone else got any feelings on her as a character? No, I mean. Got, got it right, really. She's really quite secondary, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I get me. It feel again. It does feel like like the sort of behaviour James Dean type roles would get up to is this slight doesn't t- torn between two modes of uh, being and uh, muddling along and trying to. I don't know. It could. It, could, it definitely it could, felt James Deany, didn't it? Yeah, you could definitely buy it a bit more if it was James Dean. Elvis is still a, a little bit too wholesome. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say too nice. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, what? How do we get? Like, so he's out of the hot water with Walter Bato, his old Danny. Uh, but his abilities have been noticed, and so Walter Bato has a piece of most of the clubs in New Orleans or something like that. And there's one other guy, it turns out, who has a nice club for good people who aren't bricks. And he's the other <laughs> businessman who offers Elvis a job, right, at the King Creole. I can't remember that mm-hmm. character's name, but it's the one banging Elvis' sister. Ronnie? <laughs> what did you say his name was? Ronnie, was it? Ronnie. Yeah. No, Ronnie's the no. girl. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> he's easily looked up. Fisher? That wrong. Charlie Legrand? Charlie, yeah. Right, <laughs> good. But Charlie's like, uh, you got you got chops, kid, or whatever. You know, he's like, do you want a job? You try it out. Be a singer. 
okay, <laughs> let's have an awkward conversation with your dad, and he's got the job. Um, so he does. He starts singing at the King Creole, and the only sparring that works really is that Walter Matto, being a control freak gangster who likes to get what he wants, also thinks this guy's a big draw in the King Creole. Therefore, inevitably, he must work for me. I'm going to make that happen, and he sort of does it. Sort of initially just offering him. He is. He doesn't instantly go for tricking him. He does like say, "Oh, you know, you should work for me, kid. Uh, big bucks and all that." And then when Elvis is like, "Fuck you, no way, uh, <laughs> you dick," uh, it becomes right. You fucking are. So we're gonna do this one of two ways. Either like there's the plan to like fuck with the guy, uh, with Danny's dad, right? He's he's become a pharmacist, yeah. and they're gonna like fuck with him, or they're gonna they're just gonna get leverage on him so that Danny will change where we works for, isn't it? Mm. What do you make of uh, I mean the pharmacy element of the story and in fact the dad's quite involved in this story he wasn't just a side character he has his own little arc going on doesn't he yeah i was i was going to talk about the the weird uh boss employee relationship that his dad has when he gets a job at that pharmacy yeah. where yeah, like he's um it's interesting how he's sort of like i suppose our phrase would be he's a bit of a cuck <laughs> that way <laughs> Uh, it is like you you don't really see it very often where there's just a sort of realistically weak man that is the counterpoint against which the rebel is rebelling yeah his dad's not like a strict like shit who like comes down on him like a ton of bricks and that's why he's a rebel it's not that kind of story it's it's like he's genuinely trying to help his dad who just doesn't have much of a backbone and you know he's he's, he's lost his wife so it's sort of explicable as well it's not like yeah yeah it's not like he's like always the dad been is a prick yeah the dad isn't like a villain in the story like it's not that kind of a, a teenage rebellion thing and it's it's a really uh it's a really sweet moment where so the dad is uh given begrudgingly given a job by the pharmacist that he's applied for, you know he was a pharmacist his business went kaput and then so he, he's like uh like a junior pharmacist or something in uh a chemist or whatever and so he's being treated badly by the chemist who's roughly the same age as the dad and being treated like a shitty lackey and there's quite a nice bit where Elvis comes in and uh, manages to like uh, I guess I don't know, hus- hustle or uh, convince do, basically big up his dad as a good customer service giver by making up some bullshit story about getting previous bad service and that this guy's much better and so he's there trying to boost his dad's like uh, prospects within the job and while probably still feeling a little bit ashamed that his dad is like pathetic in the role and being treated as a lesser so I, you know I think it works nicely they, it, it, you know Again, I think we're admiring the fact it doesn't do the cliched, obvious thing with story arcs of this nature, isn't it? Yes, I, say, I really enjoy it for that. I was constantly surprised with this film because it, it never quite went where you think it was going to go. Yeah. Like, every moment where it's like, oh, something's going to happen now, it's like, oh, it, it, it's going in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I, I was surprised by how surprised I was by <laughs> a lot of developments in the film. I think stuff like uh, you know, like a streetcar named Desire and things of that ilk, 
you watch it and go, oh, get it, this this become and it become oh this will become worse and uh, inevitably things spill over into high levels of arguments and trashy behaviour. Well, that's one... that's because that one's Tennessee Williams. So you're like sure. you go in knowing like oh this is gonna there's gonna be some kind of horrible disaster happening to people. Yeah, and I, if this one could have gone that way. There are tragedies yeah. in it, but it like the the fact that the dad and Danny stay despite being. Danny is pulled into a life of crime a little bit, and the dad is a bit of a, like, stubborn. They both stay fairly wholesome and, and stay on the good side of morality, and uh, and uh, they never properly fall out with each other like you would, ex- like, you know, would be more expected. So it's, I, I it's an admirable quality, definitely. And what's the thing, what's the, what's the later, later on the scam becomes, so the gang that Elvis has briefly been in and sort of is better than because he beats one of them up when they try and mug him, and then he's like dishing out the money from the 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 robbery in the toy shop. It's fairly it's like they've got a semi mute character in the gang who is who gets called Dum Dum. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't talk, and he's a bit thick. And Elvis gives him a fairer share, and puts and basically is feels like he's too. I don't think pr- he is actually like mentally deficient in any way. I think he just has a speech impediment so they all assume they all what? they all assume they all just assume he's got some kind of mental problem because he has a severe speech impediment it's the 50s doctors would probably do the same he's just retarded (laughs) he took too long to speak he's thick thick as two short planks forget it he's unsavable But like you know, Elvis is like, ah, I'm not. This isn't for me. He, he doesn't stick with the gang, and then they they're sort of they're useful. They're useful figures because they work. For, they start working for Walter Matthau, and we, instead of writing in new characters, we'll have them elsewhere as well. And so they become part of the the ploy. Like Elvis is basically, is he? Conv- it's like it's the, the whole scene is like it's raining, and they're going to rob the pharmacy money. And it's 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 like partly to entrap Elvis or something. Is it? What was? Can anyone explain the? the scam here and how it changes and goes wrong well they they convince him that what they're going to do is attack the manager who's been a prick to Elvis's dad in fairness so he might yeah. be on board with that but uh, there's there's a point where like uh, his dad's going home and it's like raining and the manager says hey, you, you take my hat and coat so it's quite. It, so it's, it looks plausible that's him on the street. I can try. But they, one time he's fucking nice. Yeah. Yeah, but they do clock that it's him, but go through with it anyway. So they end up coshing uh, Danny's dad on the head, despite it's supposed to be the manager, and uh, you know this. And it becomes like this big. Oh shit! He has to go to hospital. Yeah, like, but it's know. it's all a ploy to get something on him. So that they can blackmail him later to work for Walter Matthau. Who's the black? Who would be the like? So Danny, what he'll tell the dad or like the what? What's the who's the, who? The police? Who we say it will happen if he doesn't do it? Like the dad'll know, like or because it comes out like they have it out and they you know, conf- they confess and stuff, don't they? Like it's all the dad and Danny hash it out eventually, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Um. Sort of. I mean, he turns up at the end of the film and just like, yeah, okay, we're fine. We're fine. 
But like you know, he, they go to hospital with him, right? And uh, it's lashing it down with rain. Everyone's wearing big wet coats. Big wet coats. One of your wet movies, Abby. One of your wet wet Elvis. Um, <laughs> Welvis. Welvis. Ah, anyway. shit. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, point being, though, they take him to hospital, and then Walter Matthau's uh, character has arranged for a, some fancy doctor to turn up and do uh, the emergency surgery all prepaid for, and then it's a bit of more incentive for El- uh, Elvis to feel like he owes him something or has to do what he wants now. It's sort of in his pocket in, uh, in more ways than one, I suppose, isn't it? It's just, it's so tragic and frustrating that he didn't do that much wrong and they did everything right to just fuck him. <clears throat> just absolutely cube him? That's not a phrase. No, snooked him. You know what I mean, though. Snooked him. There you go. <laughs> they cube him. They shaved his Elvis locks away and made him bald and now he has to work for Matto if he wants any self-respect. What was the... There was also... Um, he was pulled. He was brought to. He was sort of bullied into coming to Walter Matthau's really uh, patterned and bold apartment. I mean, it's still in black and white, but some of the paisley and and wallpaper. Really you could tell. Fucking hell! It must have been a really loud room in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. So fucking. They got all the all the like furniture and all that. But he's pulled into Walter Matthau's flat where Walter Matthau is supposedly passed out drunk, and Elvis is sort of meant to be hooked like he's sort of being offered this woman as a kind of you, you better persuade him to sing for us or uh so like it's bit, either he's going to be mugged if he if he leaves or she fucks him and he does the job or Walter Matthau's going to like strong arm him again there's all sorts of like approaches they really fucking want Danny to perform he must be some draw you know but he has to go to that apartment so there's there's all like every fucking angle is covered by Walter Matthau here to get what he wants, which is just a singer to sing in his club. And there's lots of, you know, we get to have lots of melodramatic conversations about uh, exploitation and uh, motivations as to why people do things, because uh, what is her name, the character like, uh, that played by Jones? Ronnie. Ronnie, right. Oh, yeah. Are we right this time? Yeah, we go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ronnie and, and, uh, and Danny get to have a kind of, like, you know what's the score here? What's what's supposed to be happening? She fills him in that you're being set up. You she kind of wants to be saved, but she also she knows she's too smart to. She's not naive and thinks, oh yeah, I can just be saved easily from this gangster, isn't it? She's very much in his inner circle and too. It's too personal for her to leave. You know, this is a possessive man who gets what he wants, so she can't just run away. I guess she feels, isn't it? All very mature stuff, guys. All real adult emotions for people to deal with. Doesn't deserve to be in an Elvis musical. Mm, well, retroactively, it doesn't. In in isolation, it's good. But yeah. then when you look at it with the films that came afterwards, you're like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. What I like about uh, Carolyn Jones is she makes such melodramatic dialogue sound real like some of the dialogue is very it's well written but it's also a little bit like i don't know overly dramatic it could come and, off yeah yeah it could come off way too cheesy over the top. yeah and, and i think she makes it work and you sort of understand her perspective uh, and then you know 
she's slightly emotionally wrought and all over the shop in terms of being scared of Walter Matthau, but also bold enough to go against him a little bit and clue in Danny. I think I think it all it provides quite an interesting drama that I appreciated, and uh, especially at the end, like at the end where she's sort of saying some of the most like romantic lines of. Uh, Fuck, what does she say? She's all like, just for a moment, can't we pretend that you <laughs> can rescue me and we can just run away and it'll all be fine? And it's like, can't you pretend to love me? And then Elvis is like, it won't be hard to love you. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's like a beautiful romantic book. And, um, yep, time for guns and morons to turn up. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I appreciated it. That's all. Every, everyone on board, everyone like, in agreement that this is some. Um, quality melodrama I mean maybe you don't even think it's melodrama maybe it's just quality drama I don't know I mean it's it's melodrama now sure like maybe not so much at the time for but, for a teenage yeah. teenagers who like pop music this is kind of like a bit more serious and nuanced yeah this is I, yeah that's that's what I mean like generally with the film I was like it's it's not that the the, the Elvis in particular, his performance is perfect necessarily, but I was surprised by how much weight there is, and I, I guess how hard he is trying and generally succeeding and and the film around him being heavier than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. So what happens in terms of the plot getting on beyond this? We have... More performing. Uh, Elvis tries to. Well, does Elvis at any point cave in and actually sing at uh, Walter Matthau's club, or doesn't come to that, does it? Like he. I thought he did. Did he do it one, one time? just oh, as a, to demonstrate he was there. I don't know. Did he though? Anyone know? <laughs> Anyone remember correctly? I mean, we see him leave the other club. I'm not sure if we see him in Matthau's club. Yeah, because at some point he gets in a fight, right? And his arm's all injured and, he, and he's rescued by this woman, right? That's how they get to the sort of dockside. Conveniently, I own the, a, a property that's really nice and cute and quaint and probably a bit of a mission to live in at, in a storm in New Orleans, but a really cool dockside apartment I just run off to that Walter Matto doesn't know about brackets. He, he can easily find out about it, turns out. Like, wh- wh- what was the incident where Elvis is sort of... Because the dad is has surgery and gets back on his feet and is trying, he's sort of brought into the Walter Matthau gangster situation a little bit, and everyone confront things are confronted and people know what's going on a little bit. But um, wh- how does Elvis get beaten up? What happens there? Well, well, first of all, oh, first of all, his Sorry. dad goes to see Walter Matthau. Yes, and he is warned by the the mute guy Dum-dum. with a with a little note. Yeah. So, uh, but he gets there too late, and his dad's already found out, and he just like walks off. And then later on, he's called in to see to see Matau, but he for some reason he's passed out on the bed, fakely. Yeah. It turns out, and it's it's supposed to be another entrapment. I think. Yeah, I mean, we, I think it's, it's... she explains that he's she's supposed to seduce him. Yeah, yeah, and we then, did hash some of this out. Yeah, go on. And then they'll uh, blackmail him for that, then. 
But it wasn't, oh, oh, oh. It wasn't the fight with Wata that got him injured enough to be rescued, was it? Yes. No, there's a, it, no, this is later on. Oh! Because he has a fight oh, with the shark, Big Morrow's character, because he, he stabs him. Or they stab each other. Mm. That's, the, that's why I was confused, Rich. I think you were talking about two things at once. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony was bringing up the, the... We'd already been talking about that a bit. But... And he did, there was a big fight and whatnot. But yeah, no, there's just the reason for why Elvis is unconscious for a couple of days. It's because of so Shark was... Yeah, he was in a knife fight and knife got fight, right? hurt. And what was that about, though? If that wasn't... That was just further... We haven't settled this business. What was I can't quite. No, that was um, after <laughs> after the chair fight. Yes. Walter Master gets on the phone and he's around all these guys like this shit needs dealing with. Threw up all over my floor. Yeah. After I hit with the chair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's fair enough. And then this this he's rescued by uh, his love interest, come Walter Matthau's, uh side piece. And they they steal some time away, and she's happy and like sunbathing on some cushions on the dock, and Elvis is in his little tighty whitey, and it's weird actually, because because it's the fifties, uh, even though they're young, they're all dressed like they still dress a bit like granddads, with their be- their belts in the right place and tucked in neatly and correctly fitting clothes. Youth culture hasn't quite got to that scruffy, baggy, look like jerks or rockers state. It's still like nice young men. Um, look to everything. Oh, my hair's a bit out of place. What a rebel. Um, but Elvis is like, oh, cool. This is fine. And it all, you know... The, I think the movie feels like, right, time for some tragedy. We're not, we haven't, we've had all the melodrama and, and singing. Let's fucking end this with a bang and have... It's, it's kind of weird, again, seeing Walter Matto wrestle with a guy and fall into the dock. But, uh, so Walter Matto comes... They have, like, a big dock out to this house... With a mm-hmm. gate, and you go. Yes, the door in the middle of uh, a walkway. And you go. I get it. A normal, a, a, someone casually trying to, I don't know, go onto a property that they don't, they shouldn't be on, will be like, oh no, well there's a door. I can't, I can't possibly jump two feet to the shallow wet marsh and climb around. Or just, I can't just, you know, stick a small board out. It's for the lazy man's deterrence, isn't it? A gate in the middle of a dock. But they, you know, they get through that. Well, Matto comes storming. I guess he's found them. Uh, still pissed off about this whole thing. And uh, Muti McUseless is there, isn't he, to try and stop things? But uh, it's mostly the clomping of Matto's feet that tips off the couple that he's there. Uh, you know, a gun shot rings out. Oh no, they're trying to escape. Dum Dum wrestles Mwathau to his two foot death off the dock, is it? Where he gets no, shot. Mato accidentally gets shot, but he accidentally shoots himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the because fall. That's he okay. gets the third spear of in the this movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Rest, wrestling fans keeping count of all the wrestling moves. Third yeah. spear. I am impressed that a wrestling reference was worked into a podcast about this film. There was a chair shot, <laughs> man. Best. It's inevitable. That's true. There was a chair shot. Yeah. Like, um... So, so you know, the woman is fatally shot, sadly. And, uh... Ronnie can lie there being like, oh, at least I didn't quite get rescued. Hooray! Um... <laughs> 
I had two days of staring at Elvis unconscious, just, I don't know, rubbing one out and being pleased with myself. Or, I don't know, she, she might not have been that awful. But she, you know, she was the, she was happy as Larry now that she was away. She seemed to feel like she could have run away to this place at any point. Maybe it wasn't quite far enough away. But um, I mean, it wasn't, literally, because she's dead. And Dum Dum is a manslaughter for Dum Dum. I guess. Defending a woman, I don't know. Elvis did nothing. He didn't get to be this hero. He just stood there not quite catching a bullet instead of her, right? You know, he should have took the bullet, perhaps. That he couldn't finish the song. I don't really understand how she got shot and he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stray bullets for you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. But I was still like, okay, Elvis, the much larger of these two people was in front of her from your point of view, yet somehow you magic bulleted that woman to death. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that gun went on to kill JFK as well. <laughs> Back and to the left. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we fucking got to end on a tragedy, so Elvis gets to stare at his love uh, dying, <laughs> and uh, you know, Dum 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 has saved the day, but uh, too little too late. And then it's just, I guess I'm going back to my life of singing and performing at the King Creole. It is it is weird that it kind of just sort of wraps up after that. <laughs> like, Baltimore's house dead, therefore all the problems are solved. Yeah. Yeah, the the bad character and the... Because the, could we have done something else here? Would it have been too nice if... It had a slightly more... I mean, it's, only, it's a fucking sing-song Elvis melodrama. I don't think we need to have absolute tragedy. Maybe the tragedy would be that this high school girl gets fucking jolted. and Oh, that would be the thing. So Elvis gets with her and has saved the day and she's going to rescue... And it's like, yeah, it's okay. I've beat up Walter Matto and killed him or, or stopped him killing you. Let's run away together. And then jealous high school girl is like, not my man! And she would fucking shank her in a club or something. That would have been where I would have gone with it, where she's been treated badly and ignored, and then she's psycho about it, you know? Well, I thought, there was a point where it's like, the only way this is going to conclude is if Malto, Matto has to die. Yeah. That's the only way out for yeah. Elvis at this point. And so I thought, what I thought was going to happen was Ronnie was going to do it, and then she would either like go to jail or yeah. you know, take her own life or something. Or even... What the ultimate like he's got he, Danny's got this career as a musician and potential. What if he sacrifices his life and she then get like he dies fighting Walter Mata? They both die and then after that she's free and those we sort of see that she has gone on to live a happier life or something. That's you know a sort of nice sacrifice. Can't kill Elvis though. It's his film. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fucking uh, Colonel Parker would have. The one more song to fit in at the end. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's she going to do? Put on fucking banana peels and sing a song? That's not happening. <laughs> do you know what? I think if his character had been killed off in the film, though, in, like, heroically or, or, you know, whatever, I think that would have been, like, the game changer. I think the, the film would have gotten more praise than it already got. Like, that would have yeah. been the pivot into movie stardom. I could have been a producer. I could have fucking fixed this film. Get Pat. If I'd have only been there, I wouldn't alive yet. Elbow Parker out the way. Let me show you. I'll tell these movie people what we need to do. Out the way, Tom Hanks in your weird fat suit. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be the new Arkham 
villain of this man's <laughs> life. Um, but um, I think as it is, I mean, is the song in any way relevant to the end of this? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of singing to his dad that he loves him. It's yeah. I was gonna say that's exactly the part I was gonna make was. He does this sort of love song, and then Aiden cut, and you go like, "We could cut. We've only seen her shot. She could be alive, maybe. Like she comes in, I don't know, fucking arm in plaster cast or something, <laughs> just in a sling. There we are. Uh, she's fine. And then he's just singing, and then her emerging at the back of the club would work. But no, it's just it's his bald dad. <laughs> yeah. There he is. <laughs> there he is. He's still alive. It's like, oh, we definitely saved. Him. Like it would have been quite tragic if the dad had died, and he, you know, he'd have to deal with that. Then no, dad's fine. It's your girlfriend. She's dead. <laughs> Failed to save her. And your your high school girlfriend is not cool enough. And you're just a bit sad and doing a song. And I guess your sister's still banging the manager of the King Creole. Yeah, it's still, it's still weird. <laughs> it's still <laughs> fucking weird. The sister and the manager are perfectly fine. They didn't get in any trouble. And hook up and, I don't know, maybe they'll get married and... I don't know, she'll inherit... The King Creole and her make her brother work there. Oh, I don't know. Maybe move on. After this, he becomes Elvis. He gets a name change and meets Colonel Parker, and his his career takes off, as we all know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking. It's 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 all right though, isn't it? Like it's fucking this sort of James Dean thing that got turned into an Elvis thing. It, it, it's the it's a step in the right direction, and then the direction goes completely wrong into. Well, we don't know for certain, but well, from the sampling me and Abby have had, eh, yeah, movies. I think the the my only real issue with the film, other than I think in some ways it's like like it's a little bit pedestrian-ish. Like it could be like a little bit more interesting in in how it's directed or whatever but sure. um now part of the thing with this is if it wasn't the, if we weren't coming into this thinking that this is going to be an elvis movie we might not necessarily have been as charitable as we are po- hmm. yeah possibly we're, we're giving it a lot of benefit of the doubt just because it's not a film where he's just fucking on a beach yeah well there singing. are there are Vague some songs. good shots, like some some of the alleyways and things do feel like sets, but there's some nice shots of like streets or sets and things that yeah, work. It's not a, there's it, some high contrast black and white lighting's been thought about, like you know, it's not it's not absolutely pedestrian. It, you know, it's people trying no, to make it dynamic. Uh, like my, I think as, my as a my, musical though, fucking uh, nothing happening there. I guess. I well, good. I think my um... no, I just mean like it took like you know a, a big lavish musical. There's no big number that's like worth while. There's nothing that well, wows I mean. you. Good. I'm glad it's not that oh, kind of musical. Um, no. I would, I would just um, like cut a couple of the songs out to shorten it a little bit and maybe give some room for more of an ending. After Ronnie's death, it wraps up quite quick as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, that's all problem solved, I suppose. I guess that'll do. <laughs> um, Abby, what do you think? It's 
I don't know, there's enough going for it from me to say I like it legitimately, and I think Elvis is good. That even beyond the novelty, he did a good acting job, and I like it. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those ones where I wouldn't necessarily say, "Oh, you really need to see this film." Mm. It's just if someone goes, "Have you seen it?" I would go like, "Yeah, it's worth a shot." I think if 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 someone was curious about Elvis movies, like I guess we all were, like that was why we mm. we all kind of agreed to do this. It it would be just watch this one, yeah, and. Then don't worry about it. Don't watch the one. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the one we cash in on him being an actual GI in the fifties. Oh. Wow, great! I thought the Western he died. I heard the Western is also fine. Well, like, uh, Star or something. Well, I think was that was that the one that was built to be like less about the music and more like let him act a bit or something. I don't know. Like we maybe maybe it's one maybe Elvis movies are one to revisit. Maybe we can watch some of the tacky rubbish ones. And oh, see fuck. see what else is available, or we can find another gem. I don't know. It made me appreciate Elvis in a way I hadn't previously, because it's all well and good watching a biopic or a documentary about him or seeing a performance live, but until you actually you know dust off one of his films and judge it you know for its with for its own merits, then you don't know. You can only you know what people say, but you don't know until you experience it yourself where, where they land really. Are you? Like beyond the fact that this wasn't like a musical and what is typically associated with Elvis movies, I was also surprised. Probably the biggest surprise is that he wasn't bad in it. Like that was probably the biggest takeaway for me is that like he did have potential as an actor. He just wasn't used in the right way after this. Hmm. Or wasn't directed by the right. Yeah, director. Mm. I like, t- didn't know how yeah. to use him. I'd, I'd, pref- I'd take this kind of approach to taking a music star and giving him a movie than I do anything the Beatles did. Like for me, the Beatles yes. may have been given some, you know, psychedelic shit, or they might have come. Up, they might have had some boundary pushing stuff going on in theirs, but and they have charisma to some extent. But like, I fucking cannot get through the Beatles movies very easily. Whereas this shot by, and I was engaged, so I feel like. Elvis has the chops of an actor, whereas others feel like musicians doing a gimmicky bit. Yeah. You know. I mean, loads of musicians have made the transition to proper acting in this era and later, you know, like, um, you know. Tom Waits. Tom Waits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just because. Oh, but, but, like, loads of loads. But, like, Elvis had something. It's a shame they, they weren't more better ones. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Anthony? What are your final thoughts? Just that it was, you know, it was more. It was a solid film uh, that I was surprisingly engaged by. I mean, I I can't help but agree with Jamie that it's, you know, it's the Elvis vehicle that is what lets down the film. There's just a bit too much pointless music that's only there to be, you know, to be sold as a record kind of thing. Mm. But other than that, like uh, same as everyone else, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, good. I'm glad. That was that was my mission. I'm glad we went for this one over one of the like Christ. What yeah. is this? Some of them are they're just trying. Like I don't know. I haven't watched. There's so many like just some of them just sound shit as well. Like King Creole's like okay, what's that? It doesn't quite. You don't know. Is this like a guy who sells shrimp? I mean, the songs at the start make you feel like oh, is this going to be about a man who makes a success for himself in the gumbo business? But like, um, like just some of the other films like 
girl happy and fucking I don't know but... loving you and stuff like that. Like, oh Jesus! Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, you can't, you couldn't possibly get excited. I think one of his films is called like Tickle Me as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> Come see Elvis in Tickle Me. Ooh, it's just like, oh Christ! What are these fucking Austin Powers type shams? You know, like I don't know. They must. It was just a conveyor belt of whatever films. So it was good to do a good one. <laughs> As good as they probably get, I don't know. People high, hold, some of the others are held in high regard too. This, but, uh, this one does seem to be, like consensus, like the best one from yeah. from everything I looked up. Yeah, and I will agree with those people based on the ones I've seen. So, anyway, uh, thank you, thank you very much. Is that? Oh, God. I can't, can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, Abby. Yours could be worse, Jamie. Just sounded like. He started with an Elvis impression and then got blended. Well, I don't know what Elvis also sometimes the noise from Home Improvement, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta see if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Well done, well done. Yeah, we're all um, uh, impressed. Not, I, I, no, um, <laughs> the, the, the Elvis. It is known for raising an eyebrow and a lip, right? Is that him, or is that people champion That's the rock? Him. I think. Do we get any? El- we don't get any Elvis like raising an eyebrow and a lip. That's more of, I guess, a, a Vegas Showtime type of thing. Elvis does do that noise. Like Elvis does do those noises. Like he does deliberately make those noises in his songs and has to re take them and stuff when they're not right so that's kind of I thought that I didn't I thought it was like a caricature thing people do is make the Elvis noises not as badly as we do usually but like I was like I caught I saw a YouTube clip of Elvis just doing the takes for the uh huh uh huh uh huh like he had to do a bunch of their own it's like is that it have we got it just two more uh huh we must have it uh-huh. Like there, anyway, he was just like that I was like oh my God, he just has to, has to redub those sometimes Seems uh, yeah. You have to read it. No, sorry, that's too home improvement, Elvis. Um, <laughs> do just a normal one for us? Yeah, thanks. Now like a foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great. Let's let's really jazz it up this time. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Uh, that's that's the end of the podcast, guys. Toodle pip. Oh uh, okay, bye. Yeah, no, oh. I just realised I'm just we're needlessly vamping. 